The Commentary Booth is a show for media lovers by media lovers just like you. If you want to support the show, go to pariomagazine.com.au. Welcome to the Commentary Booth, where we watch, and you guessed it, commentate on the week that was in movies and TV. I'm your host and play-by-play commentator, Jamie Apps, and each week I'm joined by a rotating cast of colour commentators to help you find your next viewing treat. This week I'm joined by a freelance social commentator who lists her favourite movie as American Psycho and favourite TV show as Peaky Blinders. Welcome back to the show, Blake Byron Bay Robinson. Wow, what an intro. I am grateful. <laughs> Hello. How was the little trip away? Oh, it's it's the homeland. We'll just say that much. And I just love going back to the place. The hype is real. <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> I don't see what you like find so appealing about Byron Bay. But... Um, I think just the fact that it's not Wollongong. Okay, that's probably fair. I'm a simple man and just get me out of town and I don't care where it is. I'll take it. Yeah. So you went to Movie World as well? I went to Movie World and I'll tell you one thing. That place hasn't changed in 20 years. I don't know when you or anyone listening the last time they went there, but I'm telling you it hasn't changed. Yeah, that doesn't really surprise me. It's gotten smaller. You know, like when you went to... I know, like if you went back to your primary school now and just walked around, you're like, wow, this place is for dwarfs. Yeah, yeah. Like a center for ants. It just seems so small. That was Movie World. I was like, this place is a lot smaller than I remember, but it hasn't changed. But it was fun. The vibes are high. Yeah, I feel like Movie World has just like stayed the same and they've just put like new branding or a fresh coat of paint on the rides. Yeah, they just sort of updated and tried to keep with the times as far as the rides go, but the layout, everything's the same. Whereas like... Dream world and everything have just got bigger and bigger. Yeah, I didn't. I see. I'm not, I'm not like a theme park ride guy. I just went to Movie World for the nostalgia purposes, and it and it delivered. Fair. I got me hit. <laughs> so, what else has been happening outside of that? Just not much. Same old, same old. Lots of golf. Okay. Yeah, you're on the golf train with Buddy as well. Yeah, uh, that's all I do. Can't complain there. So that's good. It fills in, it fills in the spare time. Nice. So then on to our regular programming. This week, mm. we've been watching a lot of Disney+. Plus. How good is it? As we review The Bear and the live-action remake of Pinocchio starring Tom yep. Hanks. Correct, both of those things. What's your experience with Disney+. Plus? Do you watch a lot of it? Um, no. Well, I'm If I want to watch something and I have no idea what I want, it's Netflix first, Netflix second, and probably Netflix third as <laughs> my go-to. And that may be assisted by it's got a button on my TV remote so I can just go straight to Netflix. But... It's just, it's familiar with, I'm just, I don't know, the layout is just user-friendly and like, I just feel at home on Netflix. Their algorithm does a good job of like feeding you stuff you like as well. It's, it's perfect. Everything's perfect. It's just, it's just easy to look at. It's like, as far as like, for the gamblers out there, like the tab app is like very stale, like Ladbrokes and Neds are pretty much the same, but then you've got Sportsbet. It's just so easy to use. There's colors, easy to navigate. They just, it's, Netflix is the sports bet of streaming services. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as Disney Plus goes, yeah, um, I, go, I, I use it when I want to watch something in particular. Yep. So I don't just go wandering around there. Yeah, you're not like browsing around Disney Plus. You're going specifically for something. 
but that can change because there is things to watch and there is a lot on there. Especially like that star thing, the star section. Mm. They have so many things on there now that like are drawing me in. Whereas like I think apart from the star things, I go there for my Marvel, my Star Wars, mm-hmm. and then randomly stuff like Pinocchio. But I'm not like going there and just scrolling through the main section of Disney+. Plus. Pam and Tommy got a start on Disney+. Plus. Um, mm-hmm. The new Kardashians show is on Disney+, Plus as well. So they're... They're branching out. Don't be scared off by the Disney name. Yeah, they've got Welcome to Welcome to Wrexham. The Mike Tyson show is on there now as well. Mm, there's heaps. Yeah, there's plenty of stuff on there. They're becoming my favorite, I think. Um, I've, I've, we've, we've always talked up Apple Apple TV. This is um, Disney's taking over. Disney's up, up on that Apple realm, if not jumping above. I think, yeah, Apple probably have them on quality like when they Production put out a show it's quality. generally really high quality but obvious severances etc etc they don't have like the breadth of content as well like they might have one or two shows each week that are worth mm. going to whereas disney plus i feel like they almost have something every day and disney plus is cheap too isn't it i think yeah. it's definitely cheaper i think it's like, like seven dollars like a month or something <laughs> yeah so it's, it's very funny if, if you're one of those yeah anyway Unpaid promotions. Yep. So, like we said, we're chatting about the bear and Pinocchio. Mm. Which one did you want to start off with? I'm very excited to talk about the bear, Jamie Apps. All right, let's go with the bear first because that quite incredible. Oh. I um, <laughs> I had a few recommendations come my way, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm planning on watching. I'm planning on watching. I'll get there. And I'm yeah, kicking myself. I didn't pick it up straight away. It is incredible. Oh yeah. If you haven't watched The Bear yet, you're missing out on oh one of God. the best shows of this year, I think. It's the show of the year. It's the show of the year. I'm declaring it. So, yeah, it's an American comedy drama series created by Christopher Storer. Premiered in the US a few months ago, but it's finally come to Disney Plus in Australia on August 31st. You get eight roughly 30 to 40 minute episodes, and it's all about this young chef who left his hometown of Chicago to move into the world of fine dining as a chef and then following the sudden passing of his brother has to come back and take over the helm of the Italian beef sandwich shop. I loved this show. His brother pretty much left the restaurant in his will unknowingly. So he's been left with this sort of, you could call it a burden. <laughs> it's just, well, it's just like a, yeah, like it's just like a, what do you call it? Like a staple, a cult icon sort of, sandwich shop essentially in like downtown chicago yeah it's basically just like a a hole in the wall italian beef sandwich shop Mm -hmm. and yeah they're they're struggling in all forms of just like keeping the budget going getting staff paid paying for their produce but somehow this young kid carmen comes back from his world in fine dining and tries to get the ship righted and Essentially runs his takeaway shop like professionally, like a Michelin star restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He comes in and tries to like, no, we're going to actually treat this like a proper restaurant, not just yeah. a whole bunch of people hanging out and goofing around. I think this would be, um, it just seems like a realistic deep dive into like an insight into what chef's world is really like. It- yeah. A life in the kitchen. It feels super stressful and it does a great job of getting that stress across. I reckon, yeah, I haven't read any reviews or anything by actual chefs but i can't see anyone 
being disappointed in the accuracy in this. Yeah, I've seen a few like posts from actual chefs saying it's like crazy accurate in terms of how mm. they portray life in a kitchen. I did read that in 2015 there was a study by the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Service Administration in the US that found the food and service industry had the highest rates of substance abuse and third highest rate of alcohol use. Well, there's a lot of that in this. It is a very intense profession from the sounds of things. Well, um, they sort of, they, they do a good job in the brother who dies. Um, they don't give much away. They, they pretty much don't explain it at all until almost the last episode, really, isn't it? They sort of keep you guessing, like, well, what happened to this guy? Like, what's the story here? Like, did I miss something in the first episode? That's what I kept thinking. But they slowly, like, feed it to you and, like, subtly give away parts of it. And, yeah, he eventually he ended up killing himself, didn't he? Because he was addicted to painkillers, I think. Yeah, they allude to that the fact that he committed suicide without, like, saying it straight up in your face yeah. early. But, yeah, they... They kind of give you subtle hints to it, and then, yeah, it's not until the very end where John Bernthal makes a yeah little cameo as did like that Mikey, the brother that killed himself. I really like the thirty-minute episodes in this. Um, I know a lot of other shows they can be hit and miss. Like if you're getting twenty-five, twenty-seven-minute episodes, you're like, as soon as it gets going, it's hard to pick up like dialogue and plot in that short period mm-hmm. of time. Yeah, I know a show we've spoken about many times. On here is servant has that issue. Had that issue, yeah. They should have been hour episodes because, like, the twenty-five minute, thirty-minute episodes is like you just can't really get a grasp of what's going on and can't really get into it. But this, the bear, I think, perfect. I didn't resent it at all, and the thirty-minute episodes were amazing. Like, I, I, I punched this out in like a day, like one night. Yeah, we watched it in two sittings. I couldn't put it down. I think like the last. Second last episode was the shortest. It went for like 23 minutes. It was called The Review. Mm-hmm. Then the last episode was like a 48-minute episode. And I'm going to say, what a final episode, hey? Oh. <laughs> it was a work of art. Like, that final episode was great. The entire season is so good. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I think it just bookended the whole thing, the whole like, open. It was like one of the great opening like introductory seasons to a TV show I've seen. Mm-hmm. It was almost like an eight-episode um, pilot. Like, yeah. It was like, all right, here's season one. We're going to bang this out. This is what this is all about. Then it's already locked in for season two, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> so like, a, it's like an eight-episode pilot. Then I'm keen to see where they go with this. Are they going to do like really start to get into it and do like our episodes and a few more seasons? But That was, that was my thought that this might have been a limited budget. Let's do half-hour episodes. Yeah, I couldn't really get a grasp for it, like what the where they're going with it. Now they've been re-signed for a second season. They might expand those out to hour episodes, but I hope they don't. I think I hope they stick to the thirty minutes. Like, yeah, it's good. It's like, punchy. It, There's no wasted time. They're straight to it. So I mean, it, it suited what the show is about, like fast pace, high energy, like in the kitchen stuff, and like the thirty minute episodes are perfect. The soundtrack was absolutely incredible. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh my god, is is incredible. Yeah, so whoever worked on that knows what they're doing. What did you think of episode four? I thought that was like the funniest one where they cater the kids' birthday party. <laughs> when they left, they, um, they spilled all the Xanax in the cooler. <laughs> oh, that was funny. <laughs> yeah, and they uh, accidentally drugged the kids. I still can't work out whether that was an accident or if he was just like intentionally doing that. 
Yeah, I don't know how that happened. I, 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 I didn't initially see this bottle of Xanax floating around. Next minute, it's empty in the like the, the punch, essentially, and all the kids are passed out on the lawn. <laughs> I love I love the way they notice it too. Like, oh, it's quiet, and then they all look like, is it nap time? Like, what's going on? And then they work it out, and they're like, oh no, what have we done? But they're um they're all out, aren't they? Like, as far as like it's in their blood. The the cook, like the the chefs, mm-hmm. like this, they fully catered like this kid's birthday party, and like went all out on their beef sandwiches, and they did the same with that bachelor party at the restaurant, which went terribly, terribly wrong. Oh yeah, what did you think of like the performances as well with the cast? Jeremy Allen White. I'm not familiar with him. You're not? So did, you didn't watch Shameless? No, no, I didn't watch Shameless. He's in Shameless, is he? Yes, he is best known as Philip or Lip Gallagher from Shameless. And this is kind of like his next big shot at a lead role. And it's so good. I thought he was phenomenal in this. Um, He was incredible. I think everyone was great. The young lady who played Sydney, the... Sous chef who came on board and sort of essentially took over the restaurant. She was pretty pretty great as well. Yeah, Ayo Edabiri, I think her name is. I think it should be should be mentioned. We haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Maddie Matheson for you, I guess. Mm-hmm. Celebrity chef people out there, for lack of a better term, of your Action Bronson level fames. Um, See, so yeah, it's always like a, a Ford versus Holden thing for me, I feel, with Maddie Matheson and Action Bronson. They're <laughs> like the same people, but it's like whatever taste you are. Like, are you are you Android or your iPhone? But I've always been Action Bronson, so I've never really gotten into the Maddie Matheson side of things, but he was great in this. Yeah. I think he starred in six episodes. It just sees like the maintenance guy for the restaurant. Yep. And yeah, he's a professional chef, like, I didn't realize that until afterwards. Yeah. Oh, you didn't? No. no. So that's cool. So yeah, Eddie's a bit of a foodie himself in this show and he just wants to like, he works at this restaurant with these delicious beef sandwiches and he just asks all the time if he can get a job there. He wants to work there. He's always like moping around, fixing the arcade machines, fixing the toilet, whatever it needs, servicing. Or half the time he's just like, yeah, can I just get paid in sandwiches? Like that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought his role was great. So I'm interested to see if there's more like celebrity cameos or stuff along those lines in the future seasons so it's good speaking of action bronson mm-hmm. uh you you might want to watch you might want to watch AEW next week he's about to wrestle next week wasn't he on last week or something i did see a clip yeah he punched he punched someone last week but next week he has a full match in arthur ash stadium yeah that's brilliant yeah how good's that <laughs> Yeah, so that that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, good on him. <laughs> In terms of like Jeremy Allen White playing Kami, I thought he did a phenomenal job. I feel like he should be nominated for an Emmy next year for sure. Yeah, so this would be next year's run. We just had the Emmys this week. And I think he deserves that Emmy because he put in a lot of hard work before even starting this show. He went to cooking school for two weeks and then mm-hmm. worked in multiple kitchens to sort of get a feel for what it's like to work in a Michelin star rated restaurant. That's what we love from actors, getting really immersed into the role. Yeah, like I guess it's it's kind of like um Tom Holland. He worked in a in a bar as a bartender for a couple of weeks before he filmed uh Spider Man. Just to like get a feel for we it. We love like, Tom Holland. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Another thing I noticed actually they um the mention of post-COVID and making it through COVID. This yep. is this thing we're starting, we're starting to see a lot of now. So they made it like no um, no secret when like this was set. So they've 
yeah, the restaurant that I mentioned making it through COVID. And another thing, like, there's a, the use of iPhone 13s is prominent. And it's almost like they want us to see that they're using iPhone 13s, <laughs> like the latest iPhone at the time. No, well, it's probably, yeah. It's probably, like, partly a paid paid promotion as well, but... Yeah, of course, of course. But they're like, hey, here's these current iPhones. So this is these times and we're, we're going to mention post-COVID. But it's a thing. It's a thing. There's times during this show where it doesn't feel like a scripted show. Like it kind of just feels like an actual restaurant where they've just chucked cameras in. Like it's, it's nuts. When they're just freestyling a bit and just going with the flight. Because it's that so fast paced and there's a lot of characters. And, but it's almost like a sitcom vibe too. Like most of the show, a lot of the show is set in this restaurant in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And the 30 minute episodes do give off sitcom vibes and it's the same sort of core group of characters in every episode yeah so you're not seeing too many other people um so yeah i wouldn't be surprised if they did like freestyle and off the cuff like acting whatever whatever you call it there's got to be a term for it freelance acting i don't know i wouldn't be surprised if that was going on here and for the name of the show too like the bear i was kind of like where is this coming from like well the opening scene he's with that bear in the cage and it's sort of like his subconscious like he has these night terrors and with his bears in his nightmares or his dreams and he's like battling this almost inner demon Mm -hmm. which is this bear but then they sort of drip feed and end up revealing at the end that he has dreams to open this sort of restaurant called the bear i I loved how they sort of set up that they were going to move the restaurant to that bar as well like we find out throughout the season like uh, the, re- the the bar down the road is struggling and then it, the bar down yeah. the road is sold and it's empty and we slowly build up to the final episode but they're like, okay, we're buying the bar and we're going to set up our restaurant down there and call it the bear. Well, that's another thing. What they reveal at the end that he is going to close this sandwich shop and finally open the bear, his dream sort of restaurant he's had planned out because he <laughs> stumbles across some cash, let's say. <laughs> Um, and that's that's sort of what seals the deal of um, like making it an introdu- introductory sort of season. It's like, oh, this is this is all like a prequel. And now season two, we're going to start the bear. Did you notice like up until the very last episode, there was no like title sequence on the episodes, and and then that last episode, there 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 is like a the bear title sequence on that episode, and it's kind of like a suggestion that all of these previous episodes were like you said a pilot and now from episode yeah. eight onwards we're moving into the actual show yeah i didn't really take much notice but i think yeah well i did notice that the second last episode when i was just looking through the times of the episodes because that was the shorter one it was called the review and i don't know what the last episode was called but then that was like the longest one so what are you saying like the sort of the last episode of the first season is essentially the first episode of the second season is the first episode of The Bear, the show, rather than, like, the prequel. I think that's it. Yeah, I think you've nailed that. Because that's what it felt like. That Because that final episode was incredible. Yeah. It was a ride. It was like, <laughs> it was oh, no. Lo- there was a lot going on. It was wholesome. A lot of changing of, like, emotions in the tide. Yeah, like, it's it's such an emotional show. And, like, going into it, you wouldn't expect that from, like... Yeah, there's heaps going on. This is a show about a restaurant and a guy, like, trying to get his restaurant up and running and financially sound but no yep. it's like there's a ton of emotions and just an incredible show that if people haven't watched they absolutely need to go and it's a work of art get into it 
It's a work of it. It's worth it for the final episode alone. But it's 30 minute episodes. What are you doing? Stop scratching your ass and watching YouTube like I do all the time. <laughs> just watch a show. Do something with your life. Especially with all with all the rain <laughs> we've been having. Like, just sit down and watch this show and, and don't go outside. Stay dry. Just don't even. Stop making excuses. And then on, for me, on the other end of the scale on Disney+, Plus, we got Pinocchio, the 2022 live action mm. remake by Robert Zemeckis, uh, starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto, remaking the 1940 animated film. There's some heavy hitters in this. There's some heavy hitters in this. We've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a very strange casting as Jiminy Cricket. Yep. I didn't even realise it was him until afterwards. I knew, like, I found out, like, years ago when or whenever they announced it, when he was going to be doing it, but then... About half an hour into it, I googled it and I was like, "Oh yeah, it is him." But no, it definitely shouldn't have been him. <laughs> I don't know; it was weird. Like maybe because he looks like Jiminy Cricket in real life, <laughs> he gives off Jiminy Cricket vibes. Yeah, but he definitely didn't sound like him, and he was putting on a, like a voice the whole time. But as far as Pinocchio goes, um, I do need to confess, I've never seen the original. I haven't seen. I I've probably seen it like once or twice. Like, like I've seen. Pinocchio, like Disney on ice as a kid. Like, I just like, I know about Pinocchio, but I couldn't, if you asked me what the story of Pinocchio was, I probably wouldn't have been able to tell you. But from what I gathered, it's sort of, it reminded me of Like Mike. Yeah. With Bow Wow. Yep. How he like finds Michael Jordan's shoes hanging up on the power lines and like lightning strikes them and they put like Michael Jordan's talent and superpowers into the sneakers. <laughs> and that's essentially what happens here. Like, what's his name? Um, Geppetto. Geppetto. Yep. Just Geppetto. Tom Hanks makes this toy, this wooden toy, Pinocchio. Which, thanks to Wikipedia, I found out is his son who passed away. So he remakes his son mm-hmm. into this toy, and it's sitting on the bench and the fair. And he does he um, like pray or? Yeah, he he wishes wishes on like a shooting star to this fairy that to bring his boy back so in the night the fairy waves the wand and reflects the superpower so to speak <laughs> off the photo of his kid onto pinocchio then boom, boom he comes to life a real boy um and it's this isn't even a walt disney um story either this is walt disney made his pinocchio film off like a 1880s story yep like a book of pinocchio so the walt disney original in which was like when did Disney put this out? 1940. It's like the 40s. 50s, 40s, yeah. Which is a long time ago. So even that was a remake on the original. But this is this this um this live action with Tom Hanks of 2022 fame, um, they've definitely changed up a lot of things too in the story. Yeah. So it's essentially not a remake. It's like a Yeah, it's a reimagining. A reimagining, yes. Anyway, that was a bit of a dribble for you. Like I was saying, like I I haven't watched this movie like the original from start to finish in decades i actually thought about going back to back to get like a compare the pair but like watching this one everything felt familiar even though like yeah like i couldn't tell you i'd watched it yeah i strangely knew about everything going like going on (laughs) i was like i kind of know all of this story then when the whale scene i'm like oh yeah i know about this whale but i don't really know but Another thing, can you even call that a whale in this one? I think it was like a sea monster because it was like a whale squid cross. It was a crazy looking thing. I thought it was was good. 
it was wholesome. I'm not going to steer people away from watching. It was very easy watching. There were, like, you can definitely pick things apart from it. Like, for starters, the accents. They're all over the place. Like, the Tom Hanks, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Tom Hanks started with an American accent. Then he sort of put on, like, a, Italian. a make-believe Italian one, which he just got, like, given shit for his poor Dutch accent as um, Colonel Tom Parker and Elvis. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, they gave him shit for that. Then now he's doing this half-assed Italian accent, which most of the time is just American. Then that's that's what made me Google. I was like, where is it? Is this meant to be French or Italian? Or like, is this meant to be in the UK? And no, it's like an Italian town because then those like mercenaries come along, that kid and Luke Evans who makes a little cameo. Yeah, he's got like this weird Cockney English accent. Yeah, then these guys are like English and there's like Americans in it. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, the accents were all over the shop. Yeah, that threw me off big time. I, I had to keep Googling. The seagull sounds like they're from Jersey. I was just like. <laughs> yeah. I was like, God, there's a bit going on here. Like I enjoyed it, but it didn't like, I feel like it didn't have the soul of the original. Like it just. Felt hollow. I need a I need a butt in here about that um about that seagull from Jersey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was curious to know who the seagull was. So the Seagull. It's Lorraine Bracco. She plays Jennifer, which is Tony Soprano's psychiatrist in The Sopranos, who he has the affair with. Oh, good. That's why it sounds like from Jersey. Yeah, I was like, who is this? I know this voice. Yeah, it's Jennifer, Tony's um Tony's psychiatrist. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there's your Jersey. <laughs> All the sizing seemed way off on me. Like some oh, of the animals time, yeah. were massive, others were tiny. Yeah. There's no consistency in this movie, but enjoyable. Did you notice oh, something I like that there were Disney Easter eggs? Oh, tons. So many Easter eggs in those clocks. The clocks on the wall? Yeah, <laughs> who'd you see? I seen Snow White, Toy Story, Lion King, Cinderella, Dumbo. I'm sure there was more that I missed. Uh, Donald Duck was in there as well. Oh, Donnie. Uh, Maleficent. Oh, yes. That's what that was. And, oh, yeah, I couldn't think. Uh, who Framed Roger Rabbit, which was a reference to yes. the director, Robert Zemeckis, because he did uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I thought that was probably one of the cool things. It made me want to stop and go back and pause to look at them all because they were all really well done. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it, it, it wasn't cheesy. It was like sort of it looked dated, like it was meant to be part of that era. <laughs> so they fit that in well. And what did you think of like the CGI as well? I think I thought it fit in nicely. Like it... I thought when Pinocchio was just like acting by himself, it was fine. Yeah. When he when he was like picked up or had to interact with the people, I was like, oh, this isn't this doesn't look so great. Yeah, I think the probably the hardest one for him to do was when they were out in the sea. Like so, Tom Hanks of like a human being. Mm-hmm. Like real life is on a boat with these CGI characters and essentially they weren't really on the water. Like that was a lot of different dimensions there that just sort of put together. Yep. Which it ended up working all right, but um gave me gave off big castaway vibes for me, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he's out there when he's out there on the boat on his own. There's a bunch of moments where like Geppetto is talking to uh Pinocchio or one of the other human characters is talking to Pinocchio and they're the eye line, eye lines are all off. Like they're just not looking at each other in the eye because they're clearly fake. And I was like, oh. I actually paid close attention to this when um the fairy was talking to Jiminy Pinocchio or Jiminy Cricket, Jiminy. Yep. Oh uh, yeah, I was I was actually paying very close attention to the eye contact there. <laughs> but, There's a face here, and they're looking like 
up here somewhere and you're like, oh no, that's that just doesn't quite look right and it's a bit pulls you out of the moment. I really like the fox, that character. That was a fun one. Honest, yeah, Honest John or something. There was a few moments in this where I thought it was going to break out in full musical, but it sort of didn't. But at the same time, there was a few like... There's a bunch of like musical dancing numbers. Dancing hoorah hoorah scenes. It was fun though. I didn't hate it. That was another thing. I felt like they crammed a lot into this movie as well. Like it, They did. It flies by and some characters pop in and then disappear. I noticed it was under two hours. I wonder why. Yeah, it was. Yeah, now you mention it. I just, I feel like they'd have been better off served make, like, instead of doing a reimagining of the movie as another movie, let's break it up and do a series. Do a Pinocchio series. I think, I feel like that would have been a bit, bit more cool. Yeah, hey, hey, how about that? Just a Pinocchio biopic. Like, not the story of Pinocchio and where he come from and, like, the, his, the, like, the life surrounding him and the characters. Do Pinocchio, like, going off to school, making friends, like, finding his way in the world. Yeah. That'd be the go. And, yeah, like, he can, you can have these episodes that break off into his dealing with Honest John and then he's going off to this island. Like, you could explore mm. them a bit more, but, yeah. In this movie, it was kind of like, let's just keep moving. This guy come in. We have this one segment and disappear. Yeah, let's just re- let's just retell the story and reinvent the wheel. But no, yeah, like yeah, they should have done like a Pinocchio spin-off. Like they did with Buzz Lightyear. Same thing. It felt very much like did you have did you watch the remake of The Lion King? Nah. Okay. Well, for me it felt like that where it was like very, very similar to the original, so I kinda couldn't see the reasoning behind why we needed to do it other than let's refresh this to get a whole new generation of kids. Yeah, the fact that they had cast someone big like Tom Hanks as the lead, I think that's what kept people interested. If they didn't have someone as massive as Tom Hanks and like intriguing, because every every like there's people like Tom Hanks, the matter what role they play, people are intrigued to see how he goes and to see how he does it. Mm-hmm. I think he's one of the few like minority of big time actors that people will always watch the films to see how he transforms himself into that role, and I think that's what really. Made, gonna make people watch this is the fact that a Tom Hanks is playing such a big role in this. Yeah, like I think people have people have that nostalgia for Pinocchio, but then when you attach Tom Hanks, everyone's like, okay, this is gonna be something yeah. I need to check out. But not sure how necessary it was. <laughs> yeah, this wouldn't have been as irrelevant as relevant if like someone like Tom Hanks was playing the lead. Um, but back on Luke Evans, isn't he just great? Shock horror, he played a great role in this. Creepy, super creepy role. <laughs> Yeah, he's great. I reckon he was great. Great acting. Um, and back on like when I said like the musical aspect of this, he did a bit of a song and dance, and he nailed it. Mm-hmm. In that, like as like the what was he? He was like a a carny, almost a carny, like an olden day carny in that fantasy land. Yeah, where he's just like kidnapping kids and turning them into donkeys. Mm. But uh, yeah, great. He was great. He's all, he's great in everything he does. We love a bit of Luke Evans. And like, it's the Pinocchio story. What did you think of, like, the very limited use of, like, his extending nose when he lies part? Hey, yeah, that's what I was um, thinking as well. I was expecting heaps more of that. It's, like, literally one scene. That's it. I was like, oh, They did okay. it once, yeah. Well, I don't know. I picked that up as well. Does he even say, I'm a real boy in this? I don't think he does, eh? No, I think he says, like, I want to be a real boy, but he never says, mm. I am a real boy. Yeah, that was, yeah, that's interesting you mentioned that. And they leave the ending pretty ambiguous on did he turn into a real boy or not. Yeah, like you said, it, it was under two hours. I noticed that when I pressed play, I was like, well, it was like an hour and something minutes. I was like, mm, what's going on here? This is a bit short. 
And yeah, now that you mentioned it, it was very rushed and it mashed together. But that didn't make me hate it. Like it was entertaining. It wasn't boring. It was fast paced, so to speak, for like a, the kind of movie it was. Yeah. I just think if I was to recommend either of the Pinocchios, I would push people more towards go back and watch the 90, 1940s one. Yeah. Just because you get that beautiful animation style rather than this mm. like modern computer generated soulless animation but yeah like i said i wouldn't have been as interested to watch this if like tom hanks wasn't oh yeah if it if it was just a bunch of random people that i had no idea who they were i would not have watched this at all yeah yeah exactly it's just i, f- I find it really crazy now that we're going to have a generation of kids that have grown up and they watch jungle book lion king pinocchio Sleeping Beauty, Little Mermaid, and they're not going to be the the ones that we think of as kids. They're they're going to be a whole new one. There's kids out there that don't know bananas in pajamas, like was like a stage production, and, and <laughs> Teletubbies, which they bring Teletubbies back. I don't oh know yeah, Netflix this week. <laughs> Heck yeah. Um, what's another one though that kids have just got no idea about? I think the new Little Mermaid one is going to be the. Big divisive one. Have you seen the trailer for it? I haven't. Can't say I'm too into that. Okay. So they just put out the new trailer. Little Mermaid is... Ariel is being played by a black actress. Mm-hmm. And holy dooly did people lose their minds. Did they? There were people like, that's not Ariel. Ariel's meant to be a white girl. And it's like, dude, it's a half girl, half fish. Who cares? Why do mermaids have to be girls? Who wrote that book? Why can't we have like a male mermaid? Let's just switch that one up. Yeah, merman. <laughs> True. Yeah, hey, that's it. There's one for you. So yeah, like there's there's been people losing their minds, but then there's also been like the TikTok trends of um, black parents showing their little young girls, look, here's the the new Little Mermaid, and the girls being like, mm. she looks like me. Holy cow! Yeah, that's cool. We like that. I'm excited for that one. I think that one's going to be decent, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so that's that's the two big things on Disney Plus. A couple of heavy hitters for Disney this week. What would be your top recommendation? I think it's unanimous, Jamie. Yeah, hundred percent. This could be re- could be recommendation of the year. Oh, I'm going to go out on a limb. Hundred percent. Watch the bear. Don't sleep on it any longer. Don't hibernate on the bear. I haven't heard when season two is coming. I just heard it is going to come. Um, I hope it's not too long, man. I hope hope we don't have to wait three years for like the next euphoria season with the bear. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I I hope they really dive in and get this out by this time next year. I think they could. Mm -hmm. If they they stick to like the 30, 40 minute episodes, shouldn't be too hard. It was sick. It was sick. Alrighty. Thank you everyone for listening to the commentary booth. If you enjoyed the show, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on podcast services and on YouTube. You can follow Blake on Twitter at Captain Crumbs with a Z. And you can follow me on social media at Jamie Apps Media and at Perio Magazine. Ciao. The commentary booth is a fan-funded production of Jamie Apps Media. You can support the podcast alongside our magazine, Perio Magazine, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Media. The following people supported at the community support group level or higher, and you cannot fathom how incredibly appreciative we are for their support. Brian and June Hart, Blake Robinson, Rena Renee, Courtney Paulson, Darren Hatcliffe, Jackson Carr, and Tracy Apps.